You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Necessary Roughness. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, the Lions get to 2-1. and one. T.J., you were at Ford Field. Let's talk. We always like to get an update on what the crowd was like. How was it compared to the home opener against Seattle? Great. Uh, probably about the same. I mean, it was um, it was incredible, man. And the players talked about it. It really does. Sometimes as a fan, you don't really know if you're making a difference. I'll tell you right now, you do. Um, especially for the defense, uh, you know, making it tough for the other teams to communicate, especially when you play a young quarterback like Desmond Ritter trying to make checks at the line. And um, you can cause some chaos there. But, yeah, I thought the uh, atmosphere was uh, tremendous. Um you know, obviously, that's two home games now, and I know the players felt like they really let the fans down against Seattle because of the energy they brought. They were able to reward them yesterday with a really nice uh, team victory. And um, Ford Field, man, I'm telling you, that place, uh, it, it can be, and it really has been so far this year, but it can really turn into one of the best home field advantages uh, in the NFL, um, just the way the fans, uh, man, they, they bring the energy. It's been uh, It's been impressive so far. So broad strokes, what did you think of yesterday's game? I thought it was a good team win. Um, certainly a lot of room for improvement, at least on the offensive side of the ball. But uh, defensively speaking, um, can't remember the last time I saw that dominating of a performance uh, from a Detroit Lions defense. And they just suffocated the Falcons the entire game. They stopped the run early. They stopped it often. They made Desmond Ritter uh, extremely uncomfortable. Um, 
lot of heat that those guys were taking last week, especially in the media. When we talk about, you know, the coverage breaking down, you talk about the lack of uh, pass rush and sacks. Uh, man, everything came together yesterday. You, you sacked Desmond Ritter seven times, uh, six different guys getting in on that action. Uh, Brian Branch, man, uh, just a lot of great individual efforts, too. Brian Branch was uh, just all over the place yesterday. 11 tackles, three of them coming for loss. Uh, he's a feisty guy, man. He's not afraid to get in the backfield and and take on a big running back, and that showed yesterday against Bijan and Algier and those guys. Um, but just defensively, Aaron Glenn, I thought, had a great plan. Uh, well-timed blitzes, uh, well-timed, you know, coverage plays where, uh, you know, you you couldn't let Atlanta really settle in to, to do what they wanted to do, which was run the ball and throw a lot of play-action passes. Uh, I thought it was a great plan, and I thought it was great execution from the players. And you talk about two safeties uh, missing, right? You talk, we still haven't seen Mosley yet, but you talk about, you know, Ify Melifonu coming in and Tracy Walker, who's a guy that obviously played a lot of football. Those guys made a difference yesterday. And for me, I think when you look at the defense, that might be the most impressive part, uh, just the depth that they've been able to build. They can sustain um, the long, grueling NFL season where you're going to be missing guys at certain points of the season. They've got guys that can step up and continue to make plays. Uh, and that really showed yesterday. Offensively speaking, <clears throat> for their standard and their expectation, probably a C-plus game, right? I mean, they went, they still went five possessions there in the middle of that game that were empty, um, whether that was punts or uh, the interception we saw Jared Goff throw. Um, but the good part is this team, it feels like, especially when you're playing against teams that you're better than, um, you don't have to be perfect. Last year, you know, coach always used to talk, man, we got a really small uh, margin of error, right? These games, we can't afford to make a mistake. You know, that's going to be the difference in us winning and losing. You don't feel like that's the case this year. You feel like they don't have to be perfect uh, to be able to go out there and win games, uh, which is great because I know the offense will tell you, man, they're still not even close to playing up uh, to what their potential is and what their expectations are. Um, they're still out here as a 2-1-1 football team. So that, for me, has been the most impressive part throughout three games. Uh, I'll go in reverse from you. I'll start with the offense um, since you finished with them. And, you know, th- it, this to me wasn't a game plan that was going to blow the doors off of anybody. We knew coming in and throughout the course of the game, they went from obviously Penny Sewell's playing over at left tackle, but then they went from their their second tackle in Matt Nelson. Uh, they went to their third tackle. Um, you know, who was Skipper, Dan Skipper, yeah. and then to Kobe Sorsdahl, who was their fifth-round pick this year. So they're down to their fourth right tackle. And I felt like the game plan was one where as long as you didn't make mistakes, and really the only glaring mistake was the interception by yeah. Jared Goff. That was a bad throw. But yeah. other than that, as long as you didn't make mistakes, and like we, we talked about at the end of last week, as long as they were able to build a two-score uh, lead, which they did going into halftime, you know, they're up 13 to three at that point, nobody really felt like Desmond Ritter could come back, especially as we started to learn throughout the game, the way the defense was playing. But I thought Sam Laporta uh, continues to show that he was a great draft pick and is, is through three games has been very effective uh, in terms of being able to catch the ball, run with the ball, but also in terms of blocking. I thought he did a tremendous job. Um, this past week, where yeah. as two weeks ago against Seattle, there was some room for improvement. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
the tight ends, and not just Laporta, but all the tight ends, yeah. um, took a big step yesterday. Not a lot of free runners in the backfield. I, I, you look at the stats and you say, okay, we didn't completely dominate them on the ground, um, but you got better as the game went on. And Jameer Gibbs got better as the game went on. And I think that he's starting to learn a little bit of patience, right? I mean, this isn't an offense that you see uh, maybe in Green Bay or San Francisco where it's just quick downhill runs right now out of the backfield, you know, shot out of a cannon. The way that they want to run this offense, you have to be patient. You have to let your blocks develop a little bit. If it's a counter play, if it's a power play, you have to understand that is designed to go inside. Uh, I think a lot of times Jameer Gibbs can get a little bit excited with his speed and try to bounce things too early, which he did a lot yesterday early in the game. As that game progressed, though, he got better. He let those blocks start to develop. He was reading uh, the the right fits of the offensive line and where the hole is going to eventually be. It might not be there right when you get the ball, but it's going to be there eventually. He started to figure that out, and uh, it was good to see him get stronger as the game went on. And I know a big point of emphasis was, hey, everybody wanted to see what Gibbs was going to look like with B. John Robinson on the same field. And you look just based off of yesterday, it's one game, Jameer Gibbs clearly looked like the better player. Now, probably playing on the better team, right? Atlanta yeah. just laid an egg offensively yesterday. Well, Atlanta um, just doesn't have a quarterback. You could say whatever right. you want about golf. If you get them out of the run five. game, you know, yeah, it, it's, yeah they're going to be – they're not going to score many points with Desmond Ritter as your quarterback. But with that being said, you know, the offense, I thought uh, Ben Johnson really, that was the first game I saw some really well-timed adjustments, um, you know, and one play just kind of sticks out. It was a third down in the second half. Uh, Atlanta had been running man coverage pretty much every third down, whether they were bringing pressure or, you know, bluffing pressure, they were still playing man coverage behind it. He kind of threw a sneaky play in there where he put Amon Ra in the backfield and, you know, he squeaks out to the right on a third and five. He's one-on-one with the linebacker, you know, that which is clearly a mismatch. Yeah. And they pick up a big first down. And there were just little plays like that, just subtle plays that you look at and you say, man, that's great coaching. He's getting guys in the right position, um, man coverage. He's calling, you know, those kind of pick plays at the right time where they even threw one yesterday. They end up picking it up. Um but that, to me, is coaching. That, to me, is getting your guys in the right position to go out there and have success. Now, the offense, I think I'm excited to see uh, what they can do when they continue to improve because, you know, John, you just look at – and I know they scored 20 points. Um, but if you play – that's they didn't play all that different than they no. did against Seattle. The difference was the defense kept them in the game. The defense kept getting stop after stop after stop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can't keep playing like this offensively, you know, and expect to have too much success, which they understand. They get that, right? You can't go. It seems like every game now they go at some point, second quarter, third quarter, where it's just, you know, punt, 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 punt. And you know what I mean? Against other good NFL teams, they're going to kill you if you do that. So this offense still has a lot of room to grow. Uh, Good part is, you know, and I think coach even mentioned this kind of after the game is that he's pretty hopeful they get some of the guys that they they were missing uh, against uh, Atlanta back for Thursday night, right? Taylor, Taylor Decker was a guy I think was close. Um, you know, Dave Montgomery, I think was certainly close, 
those are two guys that can really help you offensively. And uh, hopefully they're back for what's going to be a big game here Thursday night in Green Bay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, just continuing with the offense, here's here's something that was somewhat concerning. You get in the red zone and you can't just settle for field goals. Against Atlanta, sure, that's fine. You, you, you take the points that are there. They had four attempts. They only scored one touchdown uh, in, in the red zone. So they, they've got to find a way to be more effective down there. But you mentioned the adjustments by Ben Johnson. I thought it was really good in the second half when they had to go to Dan Skipper at right tackle. Then they have to go to Kobe Sorsdahl at right tackle. Kobe Sorsdahl, this is his very first game, uh, you know, regular season game yeah. action. And they didn't leave him on an island. And I'm sure if you ask Colby, you'll be, he'll tell you, hey, I want to be one-on-one. I want to prove my worth. You and I have both been in situations where you're looking at it going, you know what? <laughs> I may not want to admit this publicly, but I could use a running back. Chair. Yeah, you don't mind the help. Yeah, I, I'm not, <laughs> not going to ask for it, but I'm not going to turn it down. And I thought they did, whether it was with formation, lining a tie up to end up there, and then hitting the defensive end as they released, or it was bringing a receiver or a running back out of the backfield doing something to slow down the rush of that defensive end, giving him a chance to gain confidence, but again, giving Jared Goff time to get the ball out. He took a couple of hits, but it was the ability to to get that ball out. And yeah, you you lose a tight end in uh, or a running back in in your route scheme or at least delayed in getting into that route scheme, but the benefit is first of all your your quarterback stays healthy but he's also able to get the ball off. I thought that was good. And, and one thing that you mentioned earlier is defensively some of the adjustments that they were making, whether it was to put pressure on Desmond Ritter or to stop B. John Robinson. I mean, what he ended up with, what, 33 yards, 44 yards yeah, as a 10 team carries. rushing? Yeah. Um, but to be able to put pressure on, lining Derek Barnes up on the outside and moving Aiden Hutchinson, and uh, who was a Kaminsky, over the, the interior guys, it, it's a different look. Yeah, and the I think one of the great weapons, or to be able to weaponize Aiden Hutchinson in a number of different ways, is you can line him up on the edge. You can line him up over both the guards. You can line him up over center, and he can be effective. And that's where I think if if you're going to get maximum usage out of Aiden Hutchinson, as well as the rest of your defense, Derek Barnes lining up as an edge rusher, like we hadn't seen that. And it's a yeah. new way of trying to apply pressure, a new look for an offensive line to look at and say, okay, what do we, how do we sort this out? We've got a linebacker lining up over here. He's no Micah Parsons, but it's a different look. And whenever you present a, a team with a different look, it's just that split second of hesitation that you're looking for. Yeah, and I think it's getting your best players on the field. And, um, you know, the, the first – maybe not necessarily sending a message to the other guys, but – um, when you have Derek Barnes line up on the first third down at over the right to f- tackle at, at defensive end, yeah. maybe that does send a little bit of message to the other guy saying, hey, if you're not going to get home, if you're not going to win your one-on-ones, we're going to try to find somebody that can, right? Um, and maybe it's just utilizing guys to what their strengths are. I mean, Derek Barnes was a guy, it's been a while since he's been in college, but, you know, he that was he kind of his there. spot there in, in college. It's not like it's a, um, you know, it's not a unique position that he's playing for the first time. I mean, he's had experience there and it showed up. And I thought that Aiden Hutchinson is the type of guy and you kind of look at, you know, what the way D coordinators, they're almost using their pat, their, you know, best pass rusher kind of like offenses do with like the number one receiver where we want to move this guy around. We want to find the best matchups. We want to give him kind of the best um, situation to go out there and have success. 
but you got to have other guys that can complement that as well, right? Well, that was a problem we saw in the Seattle game where you're trying to move Aiden Hutchinson around. They're double teaming him no matter where he was, inside, outside. He's getting thumped by a guard. The tight end comes over, gets a knock. The running back gets a shot on the ribs on the way out. Yeah. And you look over and you say, guys, there's three other one-on-ones. Somebody's got to win, right? And they didn't do that against Seattle. They did yesterday against Atlanta, though. Seven sacks, six different guys getting in uh, on those sacks. Aiden had two of them himself. Um, but Hutchinson, or not Hutchinson, uh, Campbell. Right, Jack Campbell gets a sack. Derek Barnes gets a sack. You get two sacks from your interior guys, Benito Jones and Ali McNeil. I know both of those were on play-action passes, but that's still production that you haven't had uh, on this team. That's something that hopefully it wasn't just a kind of one-off game and these guys you know, all played their ass off and you know, they go back to what they were in Seattle. Hopefully this is something that we can see a little bit of consistency with because that's where this defense, in my mind, if they can control the middle of that field, if those interior linebackers and the defensive tackles can control the opposing team's interior three and shut down the run game like they have been doing all season, um, we're going to see a lot more performances like we did yesterday from that defense. And maybe it's that it's Derek Barnes's third year. Maybe it's the wake-up call of drafting the same position in the first round in Jack Campbell that has changed Derek Barnes, but he's a completely different play- player this year than he has been in his first two years. And – even through the now the grades aren't in for uh, week three, and you can take whatever you want and and think whatever you want about Pro Football Focus. But through first two weeks, he was the highest graded defensive player that the Lions had, and he is playing. and I, And I say that because we talked about it through three preseason games when we saw him. He was a completely different player. Whether it was stuff in the run, it was covering backs out of the backfield. He's not still not great at that but he's a lot better than he was in the first two years. And sideline to sideline, it really feels like he has grown into that position. He's grown into being an important member of this defense. Yeah, and his instincts, I think, have gotten a lot better. Um, Derek Barnes always been a guy that, you know, he flashed last couple years of having a big hit or a tackle. Um, but it's just about being in the right spot, right? It's about not overrunning plays, being disciplined, doing what your assignment calls you, calls for what, what you're supposed to be doing. Um, he's been a player that the coaches raved about during training camp and uh, expected him to take a big step. And I think he certainly has. And he's a guy that I'll tell you the biggest thing with Derek right now that's impressive is he's finishing plays. Right. He's he's not only he's pursuing to the ball, but he's finishing plays. He's getting the guys down. He's wrapping up. He's he's taking, you know, he's not he's not missing a lot of tackles, which is kind of that's kind of been the knock on him the last couple of years was and he's in a great spot. Just finished, right? Yeah. Um, this year's throughout three games, man. He has been a he's been a difference maker for that defense. And that's something that this linebacking position is it was a position we talked about all last year is man, we need to upgrade. We need to upgrade, right? We got to get some players there. Um, Derek Barnes has certainly taken a huge step this year. And that's a reason, big reason why that they're one of the top, you know, probably three or five teams right now defensively when it comes to stopping the rush. I mean, they were averaging going into this game, I think about 80 yards and you held Atlanta to 44. And that's something that Atlanta has been one of the top rushing teams now for a year and a half. Um, and Derek Barnes is a big, big part of that. I want to talk a little bit about how, where this team is and the, the outlook for the future. And, and I know we're three games in, but we're looking at this as, as a, obviously a 17-game season. But what Brad Holmes has done with this roster, two years ago, when you think about his first draft, it's it comes down to, obviously, Penesul 
and Amon Ross St. Brown. When you think about that first draft, those are the picks that really set set itself apart. You think about and they're and they're obviously very key components to this offense right now. Last year, it was Aiden Hutchinson. We know what he's meant to this team. Um, and then we're still waiting for uh, to Jameson, see, yeah, to see what JMO does. Uh, but then this year, when you look at this draft, and this is where I really want to get to, and this is what excites me, is the playmakers on this team are all really young players. They're yeah. all in their first contract. And you've got Jameer Gibbs, who that was his best game by far. And there's still a lot of meat left on the bone. Um, Jack Campbell came up with a sack, and it was his most time on the field. He played really good. Then you get to the second round, Sam Laporta, like I, eight catches. Yeah. And what he was able damn to good. do in this game, it was damn good. And then Brian Branch, let's talk a little bit more about his performance because Brian Branch, we he came onto the scene. Obviously, we saw there was a big hit in the preseason. Then we didn't see anything more from him. And then in the first game, it was the pick six against Kansas City. This week, it's 11 tackles, three of those tackles for loss. He's a guy that you can line up as a safety. You line him up as a nickel. You can line him up in certain personnel groups in certain situations at, at, at linebacker depth. And he's a guy that can be effective in almost every situation. Probably a guy that is going to spend very little time getting water on the sidelines if the defense is on the field. He should be on the field almost every snap. Yeah, and uh, he's just a man. He's just a damn good football player. Like you just watch him, and it's fun to watch. You watch him run around, and you watch the physicality that he plays with, and you look at his stature, and you're like, man, not a big guy, right? I mean, maybe 190 pounds soaking wet, but. He's physical, man. And you saw that, you know, against Atlanta, three TFLs. I mean, he's going, he's giving up probably 30 pounds against a couple of those backs and, you know, making impact and finishing plays. I mean, that's something about him that that's impressive. Not only does he get to the right spot, he makes the play. And uh, he's, he's just a Swiss army knife, man. You can put Aaron Glenn can put him wherever they want. You can put him at safety. You can put him at nickel. You can put him probably outside. If the matchup calls for it, you can put him anywhere and just that's one position that you just say, we're good. We don't got to worry about that. Like let Brian just go be Brian, let him go be a football player. And that for me has been impressive because he doesn't look like a rookie. A um, couple snaps against Seattle. If you were nitpicking saying, okay, you know, Probably got tightened up a little bit, you know, but that's also, you know, could be scheme as well. But I thought yesterday, man, they put him in the spots to make the plays and he made the plays. And God, he's just, he's a fun player to watch, man. You you just see guys and you just look at them and say, yep, that's a football player. And Brian Branch uh, fits that to a T. I mean, he is just a guy that yeah, all he does is make plays. <laughs> that's all he does is make plays. And I'm with you where you look at the production and you say, Man, it's it's all the young guys, like right. The young guys are making the plays, and they're going to only continue to get better. Brian Branch is certainly one of those guys that uh, he's kind of turning into. Uh, I don't want to get crazy, John, but he's turning into something real special. Oh, and uh, you know, he's he's going to be man. It's been a while since we've had a player like that that can go out there and make a difference and really change games. Um, he's only going to continue to improve. Well, and you think you start to think about some of the other guys that are starting to come on. We mentioned Derek Barnes. That was in the first draft of Brad Holmes. He has really come on this year. Aleem McNeil, he kind of came onto the scene last year when they were at the Meadowlands playing against the Giants, and he was able to help stop Saquon Barkley. They, he's been very productive since that time. That was, again, in that first draft. And there's, it feels like, obviously, they're rebuilding this team through the draft. They've added some components this past year in, in, the, in the backfield um, with Montgomery, 
in the defensive backfield. You know, they revamped that, and I thought Cam Sutton played well. But the fact that they're able to build this roster and be, and hit more than they miss in the draft, I think is is a huge part of why we've seen in three years this team go from three thirteen and one to starting this season off two and one. And it's the depth that we talk about your building too, and the players that you have. This is not a team. Um, certainly two years ago, but even last year that, you know, if you had, what was it yesterday? Five starters out yeah. like last year, this time you're like, man, okay, <laughs> hold on guys. Right. Um, but you, you've been able to, you know, build this team in a way that you have depth, that you have good players at every spot where if you're missing a couple guys, no problem, man, next guy, let's step up. Let's go out there and play ball. You don't have to change, uh, completely change the game plan offensively. You don't have to completely change, uh, the game plan defensively. You don't have to worry about, all right, we got to cover this up because, you know, we're missing this guy. Uh, they, they can sustain what is a brutal 17-game NFL season where you're going to be missing guys. That's to me, is, and that's a credit to, like you said, I mean, Dan and Brad bringing in the right type of guys, bringing in good football players um, that can go out there and get the job done. Um, I feel a lot better as a fan. <laughs> because last week we talked about it, Seattle, it just felt way too deja vu from the first seven games we saw this team last year where – Game that got away. Yeah, you're saying, oh, man, if we don't make that play, maybe we win. Or, man, if we did this one thing different, right, we win. That was kind of worrying going into Atlanta because you're like, man, I just I, – I hope this team's different. I want to see – I want to see them rebound. I want to see them answer. I want to see them getting back to, you know, their true identity. And um, they did that in a big way in Atlanta. And I'll tell you, I wasn't in panic mode last week, but it was kind of one of these early games that's like, it's kind of a big one, man. Like, yeah, you're right. You can't start wanting to, then you start to press, then you start to panic a little bit. Go out there, take care of business, get back on the right track. That's exactly what they did. And I think uh, every fan around this team right now looks at it and says, okay, I think we are different, right? I can truly believe that this team is different now and in a good way. <laughs> you mentioned the five starters that were out and you and I both felt going into last week's game that Taylor Decker was going to be back. He ended up not playing. I know it was very close. Yeah. They got him an extra week of, of rest and an extra week of healing of those guys. And I think you and I have probably agree on this and correct me if I'm wrong on your end, but if you were to choose just one guy to be back, the most important guy going into Green Bay on Thursday night, going against that defense, I think it's Taylor Decker. If you can get him back, put Penny Sewell back over at right, and you've got Graham Glasgow, because I don't think Hal's going to be back, but if you get Graham Glasgow playing, because he played really well this past week, yeah. now all of a sudden you go into Green Bay, defensive front's good. You're, you're trying to figure out how to give Jared Goff as much time as possible, keeping him safe, keeping him healthy. To me, that's the biggest get back this week if he's able to go. Yeah, and I don't disagree with you there. And it, it allows you to go back to, all right, strength on strength, right? We know Green Bay, like you mentioned, uh, they've got a good defensive line. They got a lot of guys they rotate in there. They're pretty good at stopping the run. Uh, they got some guys that can pass rush too. Rashawn Gary had three sacks this past game against Knocked the Saints. Um, they've got some guys. So, yes, if you can solidify what is still the strength of your team in your offensive line, that's going to make it a lot easier for you going in on a short week, uh, giving yourself a chance to have success. Now, I, I would say I think Montgomery was probably pretty close last week. Yeah. I mean, he was listed as doubtful, which – you know, kind of still gives you a little bit of a chance to play on Sunday. Uh, but at this point of the season, it's so early. You realize, hey, man, we still got, you know, at this point, 
15 games left, which was going before the Atlanta game. Yeah. We got a short week coming up. We're playing Thursday night. Do we want to put the guys out there that might be 75, 80% and risk, you know, not having them Thursday or do we wait? Right. It kind of changes early in the season. Hey, if this is week 17, you're all in. you're playing, right? You got to go play. You got to suck it up and try to go out there and, and, and win a game. Um, you got the division already locked up. Uh, true, which would be, <laughs> oh, man, that would be glorious, that wouldn't it? I've been I in that, not. yeah, a couple times. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think if, you know, the two guys I think that were probably closest, Montgomery and I think you mentioned Taylor Decker. If you get those two guys back, um, now you feel like you can really start rolling as an offense a bit. At least give yourself, uh, you know, your your workhorses back and, and give yourself a better chance to go into Green Bay to win that game. So later in the week – I'm going to put out a, a, a podcast. It's just going to be me because you're going to be already. I'll be on the road. So I want to get your take on this. What is it? What should Lions fans that are going or the Lions getting ready to play a Thursday night game in Green Bay? What's that moment going to be like? And what is it that the Lions have to do to get a win? I'll tell you, man, Green Bay is a, and I know our fans don't give a hell about this, but it, it really is a special place. Like I got to play there for eight years, the primetime games, the night games. It's, the um, feel. It's, it's just, it's, yeah, it's historic. I mean, it's a place that is just, it's so special. It's a great place to play the players. You walk in there, some of these rookies for the first time, you know, you just kind of walk in. It's like this, this just feels like football, man. Like football was meant Ghosts to play here. Right? Like, yeah. No, you better get over that pretty damn fast. Yeah. Um, but that, that is a, uh, that is a heck of an atmosphere to play in. I know our fans have uh, really traveled great the last couple of years. I mean, just even last time we were in Green Bay, you know, last year to end the season, um, it was awesome to see how much blue was in the stadium. First week, Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, it was awesome to see how much uh, blue was in that stadium. I would expect the same thing to go on in, in Green Bay. And I know, look, the players, you love it too. Sometimes you feel like you're going into enemy territory. It's going to be hostile. When you look up and you see a lot of, you know, guys on your side, it's like, yeah. all right, man, like it kind of gives you a little bit of a, an adrenaline boost and, you know, uh, helps with the momentum a little bit for sure. Um, but what, what do we have to do to win this game? Look, I think the offense, you got to put together four quarters. Right, every game we've seen, and you gotten away with it twice against Kansas City and against uh, Atlanta this last week, where you've hit that lull period where you got you know four or five straight empty possessions. The defense has stepped up; they take take care of it, right? Get you back on the field, give you a chance to go win. Um, you got to not put, don't put your defense in such a bind. Don't ask your defense to go out there and get you know six or seven straight stops like they did against Atlanta. If they keep playing the way they're playing, great. But we all know that there's going to come a time where offense, man, like go out there, get up, get that two score lead, right? Go up, go have that killer instinct. Um, That's going to be something that's huge for me. And look, I think you have to, you have to disrupt uh, Jordan Love. You just have to, you look at, I know he had a great comeback against the Saints. They were down 17, nothing there in the fourth quarter. Um, But he's a guy that if you put the pressure on him, the way you did against Desmond Ritter, um, he's going to give you an opportunity to take the ball away. And a lot of times you look at these division games, you know each other well. It's probably not going to be a 42 to 38 type of game. It's probably going to be lower scoring, um, which ball security comes at an absolute premium, yeah. right? You have to take care of the football offensively and defensively. If you can find a way just to get one or two takeaways, that's probably going to be the difference in this game. I thought they were close 
yesterday to getting a couple takeaways defensively. Yeah, Tracy um, Walker hit him right between the numbers. <laughs> right between the – yeah, that one. He also had the one that kind of, you know, between his legs he almost did. There, there was a couple opportunities. These division games – those are the plays that make the, that make the difference, right? If you can steal a possession, if you can kill the other team's momentum, um, those are what ultimately win you these games. So I look forward to seeing this offense kind of get back to what their potential is, and I look forward to see if this defense can continue to build off of uh, what's really been, John, at least in the run game, a really, really good start to this season. That's going to be something they're going to have to continue to do uh, now that we get into these division games. Well, TJ will be in Green Bay. I'll bring you some keys a little bit later in the week, and uh, we always appreciate it. Make sure you like, subscribe, and download Necessary Roughness.